What's up? What's up, everyone? It's your girl Jade back for season two of From Religion to Relationship. Welcome back. Happy New Year. I'm so excited to jump into it. Here we have it. Episode one. But first, obey. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back. Season two of From Religion to Relationship. Uh, once again, it's your girl, Jade. I am really excited to be here. Let me tell you. Um, season two, we are going to try to bring you episodes every other Friday. I'm definitely trying to be obedient, hence the title, to God more and use this podcast for which he intended to bring, you know, the good news to his people. So I'm looking forward to bringing you guys a new episode every other Friday. Of course, beginning today, January 22nd with our first episode but first obey before we jump into it like literally how have you guys been like christmas new year's past like you know i hope it was good for you guys i hope that 2021 is treating you well so far i hope you guys set your intentions with christ before you entered into this year of you know what you know what the intentions of your heart are so that he can work on them with you like i i definitely you know Hope that that's how you started your year. If you haven't, it is not too late. Get on it. Um, Since the year has started, y'all, from religion to relationship, has had the opportunity to partner with a wonderful clothing brand that is dedicated to sharing the good news called God the Father. And just for my listeners, and if you follow me on Facebook at From Religion to Relationship or on Instagram at From Religion to Relationship, then you already know that if you use the code FR2R15 on their site, that they're offering my listeners and followers 15% off of all their apparel. Y'all, they have some cute stuff. I'm not just saying that. I would not partner with anybody and have my followers and my listeners looking to mess. Trust me. Go to their site, use the code FR2R15, and get you 15% off some nice sweatshirts, some nice tees, some graphic tees, maybe a dad hat. Go over there and check them out. That's GodThePatherApparel.com. Anyway, let's jump into episode one, but first obey. Obedience is probably one of the most rewarding and difficult parts of our walk with Christ um, towards relationship. Um, it's it's rewarding, you know, for obvious reasons that you, well, maybe it's not so obvious uh, to break it down as far as it being rewarding. I feel like obedience really bonds you with Christ. Um, it teaches you uh, how to trust him. Um, you know, when you, when Christ tells you to do something and then you, you see the reward or you see the seed that you planted in the ground due to your obedience, when you see it grow, it allows you, your trust and your faith in God to, um, to grow and to expound. Um, but it's difficult, um, because obedience you know, it takes crazy faith. And um, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if you guys, you know, know of Michael Todd. I'm sure a lot of you do um, with his church, Transformation Church. He 
obviously taught this year-long series called Crazy Faith. Um, but to, you know, break that phrase down, obedience takes crazy faith, to break it down even further, um, if we think about the word faith, the definition of the word faith in the Bible is um, that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Um, so with that being said, oh, you being obedient to God is you being obedient to his sovereign ways and God's sovereign ways are unknown to us. Okay. And so we have to be obedient to the unknown. And that is the evidence of things not yet seen. And sometimes, a lot of the times, God will ask you to be obedient in areas of your life where you don't understand why he's telling you to do certain things, which is why I say it takes crazy faith. Because you have to have the faith to know, I don't understand why you're having me do this at this moment. But I do understand that it is according to your will. And I do understand that this is going to bring me uh, closer to my purpose in you. And so, therefore, I'm going to do it, you know, and sometimes we don't really have an explanation as to why he's making us do this thing. But that is where faith comes in. Um, obedience will produce evidence of God's faithfulness. If you think about a time in your life where you had to take a leap of faith or God gave you instruction to do something and you were just like, oh, my gosh. This is going to be crazy, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, when you look back to the root of your obedience to that first moment when he told you to do that thing, it will be evidence of his faithfulness. The the the, the blessing that you received or um, whatever benefit that you had from, you know, you being obedient is is evidence that he was faithful to you that he said if you trust me with this then then this will happen even if he didn't give you the next step whatever you walked into um after your obedience you know it'll it'll allow you to be like wow like you really you know you're really standing on your promises for me like you said that you know if I trust you with my whole heart then you know I'd be fine and look at me like I could not have even imagined that I would have been here. But had it not been for your obedience, you might not have even made it. Um, but you have to even take it like dial it down. Like you have to starting with obedience, you have to start with the small things in your life. The small things that God asks you to be obedient in. Um, it could be something as simple as... Um, like you were having a bad day and you're in the supermarket and you were kind of short with the, with the cash, um, cashier and which it happens sometimes. I mean, of course we don't want that. You don't want to be, I don't be mean to service industry people, please. Um, but if it happens and you were a little short and you know, God convicts your heart to apologize to this person and you don't apologize to them because you feel like, you know, why should I apologize? Everybody has a bad day. How is he going to trust you when he's telling you, I want you to do this huge thing or this huge task? If you're asking, if you're believing God for something huge in your life, which is going to take obedience, how is he going to trust you with that big, big thing if he can't even trust you with the small things? Because the one thing that I'm learning in my walk with Christ is that 
in order for you to receive more, you have to steward what you have now well, and that includes obedience. There are little everyday life things that Christ commands us to do that we skip over, whether it's for pride reasons or we're embarrassed or whatever it is, or we just don't think it's that important, but he's trying to fine tune you to be obedient. He's, he's trying to teach you to be obedient and to listen to him. And if he can't even trust you with the everyday things that he, you know, he's asking of you, how is he going to trust you with that, um, with that business, with that marriage, um, with that child? Like, how is he going to trust you with the big things that you're asking for if you can't even steward with the small things, you know, that you, you know, that you have now? Um, if we think about obedience when it comes to the Bible, there are several examples of of, of course, people being obedient in the Bible, but just to name a few, um, Moses's obedience freed the Israelites. God gave Moses what would have seemed like an impossible task. He's like, you know, I need you to, you know, help me free the Israelites. I need you to go and I need you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. So... Moses goes to Pharaoh and he asks, of course, let my people go. And of course, Pharaoh is like, no, you got me messed up. They not going nowhere. And so Pharaoh hardened his own heart. That's what that first part says. It says that Pharaoh pretty much, it either says he hardened his own heart or something of that degree. But, But five famine came after the initial no And it was a direct reflection of Pharaoh's heart being hardened by himself. These five famine were God's opportunities for Pharaoh to be obedient to him. This wasn't even happening because of God. This was literally happening all because of Pharaoh. Because he was like, no, nope, prideful. I'm, I'm I'm not letting these people go. Nope. And God is like giving him five opportunities like, okay, all right, I just need you to be obedient, Pharaoh. Let these people go. I don't want to have to do this, Pharaoh. And every time Pharaoh's like, nope, nope. And so after these five famine, five more famine come. And this is a direct, this is a direct reflection of God hardening Pharaoh's heart. Of God saying, okay, fine. You don't want to let your people go where your heart can remain hardened. And now all these bad things will happen to your people. And not only will these bad things happen to your people, but I'm going to kill everyone's firstborn as you tried to kill everyone's firstborn, including your own son. So after Pharaoh has gone through 10 famine, lost his firstborn son, who was so important to Pharaoh. Finally, Pharaoh is obedient to God. And he's like, fine, fine. I'll let these people go. So he lets them go. And again, he he gets prideful again. He gets in his feelings. He's feeling like, no, you know what? Bump that. God bump you. You know what I'm saying? I don't even care about that. I'm going to get these people. I want them to be enslaved. They don't, they don't have any rights. Bump this. So he calls his army. He runs. He's running after the Israelites. And of course, this is when they meet Moses and the Israelites at the Red Sea that Moses has parted. And where Pharaoh ultimately meets his demise, being drowned, of course, by the Red Sea crashing back down. 
again, because of his disobedience, Pharaoh, you know, ended up dying ultimately because he was so prideful because his heart was so hardened that he refused to be obedient to God. And be, But because of Moses's obedience, the Israelites were freed from years of slavery. That is like a really good um, dynamic to where you see how far disobedience can take you and how far obedience can take you. And of course, those are extreme, um, the disobedience ultimately leading to death, but it doesn't have to be a physical death. It could be the death of your, of your dreams, just of your portion, of your purpose, of your, um, your talents, you know, if you don't use them correctly, it it doesn't, it could be a metaphorical death of something else in your life that, that can happen as a result of your disobedience. But it's hard. I'm not going to lie. Like this is all of this is definitely easier. It's definitely easier said than done. And of course, like I said, like there's sometimes that God is going to give you a task. He's going to tell you to do something. You're going to be like, what? That doesn't even make any sense. Why are you telling me to do that? Let's take, for example, in Matthew 14, um, Verses 13 through 31. This is where Jesus actually feeds 5,000 people. And one thing that I learned in my Bible study um, was that 5,000 people really meant 5,000 men. So it really was could have been double 5,000 people because they didn't count the women and the children. So we're talking like 5,000 men plus women and children that um, Jesus fed with five loaves of bread and two fish. So... Um, in this passage, Jesus is like healing these people and he's touching them and, you know, he's just being Jesus, you know, like he's, he's just loving on the people. And then one of his disciples is like, okay, well, it's time for the people, send the people away, Jesus, so they can go buy themselves some food. And Jesus is like, uh, no, we're actually going to feed these people. There's no need to send them away because we are going to feed them. And his disciples are like, Jesus, did he forget that we just stopped at the store? We only got five, you know, pieces of bread and like two fish. That's enough for us. Like, what is he doing? And so they're telling Jesus, like, Jesus, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Like, what what are you talking about? And Jesus is like, that's great. That's more than enough. Hand me that bread. Give me that fish. I'm going to feed all these people. And the disciples are like, dang, man, what are we going to eat? We about to be starving like Marvin. Like, what's up, Jesus? Like, Jesus trying to give all our food away to all these people. Then he talked about he going to feed 5,000 people with this little bit of food. Jesus prays to God. He thanks him for the food. And he breaks that bread down. And it describes after Jesus feeds 5,000 plus people that there were 12 baskets left over. Not only did Jesus feed 5,000 plus people with five loaves of bread and two fish, he left abundance. That is what it is to be obedient to Christ. Because oftentimes we are not obedient to Christ because of something that we cannot fathom. Because we can't understand, because we are not sovereign, because we cannot see past what we can see. But 
past human logic. That's the only thing that we can see. So it keeps us from being obedient to God because we are in our flesh and we just, you know, we're, we're too, we're too afraid to be obedient. Like that doesn't make any sense. How is that going to work? God, like, why are you telling me to do this? And God is like, but if you would trust me, not only am I going to bless you, I'm going to bless you in abundance. I'm going to bless you exceedingly and abundantly above all things. If you would just trust me. 12 baskets were left over. That was more than enough for Jesus and his disciples. More than enough for 5,000 and plus plus people. So if God, if the Holy Spirit is asking you to be obedient in, in a certain area of your life and you're hesitating for whatever reason, whatever fear that you have, I want to ask that you be obedient anyway. In your fear, because God is not intimidated by what you are afraid of. God is not intimidated by your anxieties. God is not intimidated by what you feel like is not enough. Because the disciples did not feel like it was enough. But Jesus knew that it was more than enough. So whatever it is that you have is more than enough to do whatever God is instructing you to do. It's not only more than enough. It's going to leave you with overflow. So directly after Jesus feeds 5,000 plus people with five loaves of bread and two fish, he tells his disciples to get on a boat. So Jesus goes into solitude and he's praying and he, and he, after he's done, he sees that the boat um, is like in the middle of the sea. So he's like, all right, no problem. I'm Jesus. I'm the son of God. I am God. I am just going to go walk to the boat and get on the boat. It's fine. It's whatever. I'm Jesus. So he walks to the boat and his disciples are freaking out. They're like, is this a ghost? Like, what is this a spirit? Like, are we being haunted right now? Did Jesus die on us? What is this? They're freaking out. And Jesus is like, um, it's me. It's, it's Jesus. Like, what do you, what do you want? Like, why are you acting like this? The Lord is with you. Like, chill. And so Peter is like, okay, Jesus, well, if it's you, then command me to come to you. Okay, boom. So with that commandment, Jesus simply says to Peter, come. So Peter then gets out the boat. He's looking directly at Jesus. And Peter, too, begins to walk on the water towards Jesus. In verse in Matthew chapter 14, verse 30, Peter said it says that when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid. And pretty much after he became afraid, he began to sink and he cried out to the Lord, Lord, save me. And it says that immediately Jesus reached out his hand to Peter and he said, you of little faith, why do you doubt and of course, everybody saw Jesus had saved this. Not only did Jesus make this man walk on water with him, but he saved his life. And everyone that was around that witnessed it, they went out into the world and they told him, them who was the true God. Now, let's just go back to Matthew 14, 30 and 31. I just found that to be so interesting because <laughs> that's this is what happens oftentimes when we're not being obedient to God. Like we get into this like 
quicksand of a mess and we feel like we're just being dragged down and we're like god god oh my god oh my god like i'm i'm drowning why why are you letting this happen to me and god is like i'm not letting anything happen to you like i literally told you to go left and you went right like i don't know which like (laughs) jesus is like what he's like ye of little faith why would you doubt like why are you doubting me you're in this mess and you're terrified and God is like, you're the one that doubted me. Like, why, like, why are you freaking out right now? That's what happens when we are disobedient. We ultimately, we turn back to God and we're just like, like, what do I do? And God is like, uh, duh, what I told you to do in the first place. I mean, he doesn't say it like that, but I'm saying like God is, he's, he's, he, He's intentional with what he's telling you to do. And you having little faith and doubting is what starts to make you sink. It's what starts that wind that is that um, was talked about in verse 30. That adversity that happens and you're like, nah, this could not possibly, like God gives you instruction on something and then you start to, you know, follow his steps and then you get that, you know, that little bit of wind, that adversity. And then you're like, did God really, was that really a word from God? Now, you know, good or well, that was a word from God. But if you trusted him in the beginning, you have to continue to trust him all the way through. So you can continue to quote unquote, walk on water as Peter was doing. Because as soon as you take your eyes off of him due to the adversity, you will begin to sink. You will begin to doubt. Doubt will sink you like an anchor. And of course, God is going to always be there to show you grace and lift you up. But we are wanting maturity in Christ. We are wanting relationship with him. And relationships are based on trust. And God is not man. He is not, he does not fall through. Like he does not, not come through his promises. Like that's just not him. If it is in his will for your life, it's going to happen. It is yours. And if he gives you a mission or a business or anything like that, it's already yours. The means in which you get it, however, is going to take obedience. And it might not look the way that you want it to look or you suspect it to look. But understand that just because it doesn't look the way that you suspect it to look doesn't mean that it's not going to give God glory in the end. Because that's the beauty behind it. One thing I prayed at the end of 2020 was thanking God that 2020 didn't go the way that we wanted it to go. It went exactly the way that God intended for it to go. And 2020 was definitely a hard year. It was a hard year. It was. But it it caused you to really sit down and think about what was really, really important to your life. And how you really wanted to to live. And I, I just feel like 2020 was evidence of God's of God's work and of God's faithfulness because it really brought a lot of perspective to people. And so 
in the midst of that adversity, maybe that is an opportunity for you to give God glory, for you to worship him and for you to fall back into, again, God, what would you like for me to do instead of automatically going into that whole cycle where this, you know, this can't possibly be what God really wanted. What do you want from me? And you continue continuously asking him, like, what do you want from me when he's really already giving you, he's already giving you what he wants. He just wants you to follow his steps for the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Obedience is difficult. Obedience is a faith walk. Obedience is believing that you serve a God that is going to give you the desires of your heart according to his will. Obedience is how God begins to change your life, how God begins to bear the fruit of the spirit in you. It's obedience is life changing. And I'm saying this to you literally from experience. Like there was a season in my life in 2019. um, It was a year that God really started to foster the concept of obedience in me. And there were just these, I don't know, things on a daily basis that he would tell me to do, like big things, small things, things that were very difficult for me. There were times when I just like cried um, but I was still being obedient to him, but I just, I didn't understand. And I, and I wanted to, there were times that I would ask him why he wouldn't tell me. Um, but anyway, in 2019, I had really been believing for not just a job, but a career. Um, because I had just, I had been working jobs. I graduated from college in 2015. I had been working just different jobs and I just, I wanted to get into a career. Like I wanted to get into something that made me feel like I was making a difference. And not only that I would just be there for a little while and kind of find something else, but like, you know, something that I felt like I can do for the next 10 to 15 years, a career. So I had been believing God for that. And um, it had been months and months and months. And I'm like, this is going to be the month. This is going to be the month. But in these months that were passing, it seemed like God would give me more responsibility and more commands. And I would, you know, I would be frustrated because I'm like, dang, I'm going to leave you for this job and I'm not getting in. You're telling me to do this. Okay, I'll do it. Whatever. This is the year that I joined my church. I joined my V group. Um, you know, I begin to tithe more, just be in my word more, you know, just things that God had placed on my heart to do. I just started to do it. And, um, right after, I think it was like right after Thanksgiving, um, I actually got a job in my, in my field in public health. And I was so excited. Like I was so, so, so excited And I went home after getting the job. I'll never forget this. I went home after, you know, having a successful interview, being told that I would indeed get this job. And I was like kneeling, but I wasn't kneeling in praise and worship. I was like kneeling on my floor because I was like, I don't know, changing. uh, I was trying to get down to like my iPad to see if I can like put some music on. And the Holy Spirit literally washed over me. Like the Holy Spirit washed over me like a flood. And I literally began to worship and just praise God for what he had done for me because I had been wanting to get into the public health field since I graduated from college in 2015. And here I was four years later walking into my career. And I was just weeping. 
Like I was just, I was weeping. And I just remember I had like, literally I had just walked in the house. I still had like a coat on. I still had like a scarf on. I'm like taking off my clothes, like crying, like, because I was just so overwhelmed with, you know, the feeling that the Holy Spirit had wrapped his arms around me and like, almost like he was saying, I'm proud of you. Congratulations. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me at that time. And he was like, for the first time in your life, you surrendered and you were obedient to me. And because of your obedience in this season, I'm now going to change your whole life. I will never, ever, ever, ever forget that. Like he literally told me that due to my obedience in one season that he was, he was going to change my entire life. And he did. From that season to this, I am completely changed from the inside out, my career. I've even gotten another promotion in another job in my field. Um, my spiritual maturity, um, my friend group, but just relationships with my family, relationships all around my life is indeed changed. And I believe that it was a seed that was sown in 2019 that propelled me towards the change that I am in today. And I don't think that he's finished. I don't. <laughs> I do not think that he's finished at all. I think that that was just the beginning. I think that that was evidence of his faithfulness. You were obedient to me and now I'm going to, to change the trajectory of your life. And that's what it takes. It takes that even though when you're not sure, even when you're uneasy about it, to do it anyway. Because you don't have to do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. But if the Bible says that all you need is a mustard seed of faith. So if there is anything in you that's saying, you know what? This is it. Like this, this. This might be it. This might be it for me. Let me go ahead and do this. Do it. Do it. Don't let the enemy rob you. Don't let your anxiety, don't let anything talk you out of being obedient to God. Don't. Because on the other side of that is everything that you've hoped for plus more, plus abundance. Tw plus 12 baskets left over. <laughs> But first, obey. <laughs>